guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 91 wow it's great to have you here and i'm just sending out now so much mojo and good vibes i'm actually pushing them onto this episode um just yep just giving you all the love and bringing the best energy i have just to send you a lot of a lot of love and a lot of comfort and compassion and we are in crazy times you know from the start of 220 i've been thinking what's going on whoa um i come out of hospital we're in lockdown i've just been in lockdown i'm going what's going on lots of people are just saying we want 2020 to be over we can't handle it but right here's the thing we're in april guys and we will handle this and we will get through this and a big part of that is just really breaking each day down, taking it a day at a time. I find the days are flying by at the speed of light. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really thrilled to have Professor Paul Gilbert, founder of The Compassionate Mind, um, on this week. I've been a huge fan of his work for over a year now since I found a lot of his research, um, especially at his model he recreated. Um based on our emotional regulation system and I talk about it a lot. Paul Gilbert is a British clinical psychologist. He has an OBE, Paul Raymond Gilbert, um, and he's very sought after, the founder of Compassion Focus Therapy, Compassionate Mind Training and author of about over 20 books such as The Compassionate Mind, um, A New Approach to Life's Challenges and Overcoming Depression. Um, so this is a really apt time to have Paul on and I'm thrilled to have him on and I'm thrilled to have his permission to, to use his model in my, my book. Um, so guys, jump in, just get a little bit of mojo, get a little bit of a hookup, um, be kind to yourselves. You're amazing. You got this. And together we can we can boost each other up and make plans and think about all the incredible things, think about how much we'll appreciate the stuff we don't have and just to really focus on what we do have each day as well. Focus on what we have to be really thankful for when it feels like Yes, Paul, I think we're good to, to go. So lovely to officially meet you. Hi, JJ. Thank you for taking the time. You are such a, well, from what I've researched on you, you know, you've got, is it over 20 books now or 20 books? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. Wow. And, you know, as, as I put in the intro, you know, you've, you've contributed so much to the mindfulness um, space. And I first heard of your work it was about a year ago and I was doing um, uh, the mindful enterprise course. So all about just getting deeper into meditation and, and slowing down. And, and we spoke about your emotional regulation system that you um, came up with. Yes. Well, I didn't come up. I'd love to say I did, but basically it was just out there in the science. I mean, there's a lot of researchers who had already distinguished between threat emotions and positive emotions. Uh, all I did was basically say the positive emotions are of two types. One is activating, uh, so going out and doing and getting excited and so on. But the other one is is soothing, calming, settling thing to the rest and digest system. Now, 
to be honest, <laughs> that was already in the literature, but it hadn't been seen quite like that. So I just put it together as a three circle model and people seem to like it. Yeah, I just think it, it explains so much because, you know, so many of us, well, at the moment, obviously, we're not as fast, although some people apparently are, but they're trying to homeschool and do a full time job. So, uh, you know, what you say about the dopamine hit, I think a lot of people listening will relate to that when you've been hooked on work or hooked on achievement or a passion that perhaps turns into an obsession and there's a fine line and then you've got the sort of red threat system so if you're listening to the news all day you're going to be on high alert but I I love the way you you colored you know it was green for the oxytocin because that is sustainability of the mind mm. yeah exactly yes I mean the oxytocin is a tricky one because as you probably know oxytocin can increase compassion and empathy um, but interestingly enough not necessarily for people seen as outsiders in fact it, it can make you more aggressive to people you don't like so it's not just this sort of love hormone and it makes uh, mums more aggressive to any threat to their babies they become more sensitive to threat to their babies so it's an interesting hormone this one it's very much to do with interpersonal binding within groups and within close relationships so it's, it's not all good right okay so what should people look out for then that are listening when when can you lose the balance yeah well the key thing of losing the balance between i mean what you're wanting to do is to have a balance between threat because you want to be able to get anxious to get anxious right obviously that's important you need to be aware of threats and dangers if there are threats and dangers around and you need to be able to go out and do things and achieve things and have some excitement and enjoy being with your friends and all of that stuff those are all activation systems and then you need to be able to just get a position of contentment i mean you were talking about mindfulness and letting the mind settle you know when you let the mind settle then it begins the body begins to reorganize itself for um uh, for repair and that sort of thing but also when you let the mind settle you begin to understand the mind in all kinds of ways so to, when you it means that you are ruminating too much on things that are frightening you or threatening you um, so you're responding to threats that are not actually present. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking about the future or or whatever it is. Now sometimes that's useful to do to, you know, anticipate possible problems in the future. That's a useful thing to be able to do. But people often get into anxiety problems where they're anticipating all kinds of threats that aren't going to happen, and they're ruminating about all kinds of. They can't stop themselves from thinking angry thoughts or whatever. So that. That isn't helpful when it's going round and round in your mind. Uh, and really then the point that you made, I think, is an excellent one, is that if you're into activity, activity, activity all the time with your job, a high-pressure job or whatever, just suddenly going into lockdown is very difficult because you get agitated and you don't know what to do with yourself. And it'll take a while for people just to settle down to a lower level of activity. So the point that you made there was very important. Yeah, I mean, and, and for you, what, what initially gave you that passion to, to get really into the mindfulness space? Did you have a strong reason why? For mindfulness? Yeah. Did you say? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, I'm that generation when the Beatles were getting into the Maharishi. I don't know. <laughs> and that was all meditation and chinky bells and oh. Yeah. So, the, the, uh, so I got into all that. So I was into that when I was a student in the 70s and so forth. And I became very interested in Buddhism and so forth and so on. 
I was always, um, I wasn't a scholar in any way or an expert in any way. I just had an interest and, and did a few retreats and, and so on and so on. So I've always had an interest in the area, but I've been interested in the Mahayana traditions, the Tibetan traditions, which sees mindfulness as a vehicle for compassion. So mindfulness isn't a thing in itself. It's more the vehicle for maintaining a bodhicitta, compassion intention. Yeah. And would you say, I mean, now it seems to be really, well, it's a buzzword again at the moment. You know, it seems everyone's talking about it. How do you yourself find, especially in these uncertain times, how can you self-soothe? Do you have some tips or toolkits that you that work for you? Well, the key thing is to be aware that compassion is not the same as self-soothing. So imagine, for example, I mean, imagine a firefighter going into a house to save somebody or imagine our um, doctors and nurses working at full power to get people through ICU and so on and so on. They're not exactly going to be in soothed states of mind. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about compassion and soothing. Mm -hmm. So compassion is a motivation to address suffering in the best way that you can. So you know, I pay attention to suffering and I work out how to be helpful and I, then I act, see, so that's compassion. But whether you're in a soothing, st- soothing state or when you're in a sort of anxious state really depends on the context, you know, like the firefighter and so on and so on. So soothing then is really about balancing. So you're trying to balance your mind so that you're not overly stimulated into threat. And the problem we have at the moment is the media is constantly stimulate threat, 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 threat. They're basically trading on tragedy. They're constantly throwing up these cases, thankfully rare, thankfully rare, but they are they obviously exist of people who have died, you know, in their fifties or forties or, or even in their twenties. Not very many of them, but a few. Um, and that just spreads panic through everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they throw, throw up these cases of the number of people who have died, and don't tell you, six hundred thousand people die in this country every year, anyway. So the, yeah. the, the virus will increase that number, of course it will, but we have to make a distinction between people who are dying with the virus, dying because of the virus, and whose death has been hastened because of the virus, but they were already in not a very well state and they're already vulnerable because of heart conditions or whatever. So it's a very, very complicated picture. So what we have to do for ourselves is to try to steady our minds, to not be wrong into this panic 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 which the media is generating all the time so help regulate our own minds uh, because otherwise what happens if you start to have a breathing problem you immediately think oh my goodness i've got credit 19 uh, and that's very frightening we have to talk to our children about uh this the, the ability to assess risk mm-hmm. okay because at the moment it looks like the the death rate is about one percent so 99 percent people are going to be okay so higher in the older people like me so it's high it's higher there and those figures may change they may go up they may go down but so so we need to soothe ourselves in lots of different ways by paying attention to the evidence as best we can Mm -hmm. which is very difficult to get from the media so what is the you know and also the most important thing for me is what we call compassion focus now, in compassion, we have three aspects. There's the compassion you have for other people. There's the compassion you have for self. But also, a very important meditation for this time is the compassion from others. 
So one of my meditations recently has been just focusing on the fact that should I get ill, heaven forbid, I don't want to, of course, but there are many thousands of people out there who are working to help save me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is a, from the cleaners in the hospitals to the nursing staff, to the doctors, to the you know, people that keep the electricity going in the hospitals, all, all that stuff. So isn't it amazing then? If I focus on that, if I get ill, there are people who are out there saving me and some of those people will risk their lives to save me. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I focus on this uh, aspect that there are these wonderful, I mean, I'm in the sea of amazingly supportive others mm -hmm. who will be there to help me. And so, rather than me focusing on my fear, 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 focus on the fact that we are embedded in this wonderful compassionate community. I mean, not everybody's compassionate because you've got, you know, people hacking your bank accounts at the same time and so on. There's, you always have a minority. But, so that's really quite important. So we have we, wisdom to look at the rates, get our risk assessment sorted out so that we don't over sort, you know, we're not over stimulating our risk. And we hold on to the fact that actually we live in a world where there are you know, thousands, if not millions of people working on the, how to get a vaccine and in hospitals and so on and so on. So for me, those are really important ways of grounding myself. Then you can come to the body. So if you get your mind sorted out, get clear about your mind, then you come to the body. What can I do with my body? And then as you know, there are all kinds of exercises that will help stimulate the vagus nerve um, such as breathing and posture and images and so on. So, so th those are the ways in which I steady myself down. <laughs> That's great. It, it, it's just, it, it's an amazing way to be. And there's a lot of positive psychology in there, isn't there? Yeah. Really, really pushing to focus on, because when we focus on the positive, we get more of that, don't we? Um, and I don't know if you've dived much into the sort of, well, I guess mindfulness is quite a spiritual practice, isn't it? But well, it can uh, be. Yeah, and you can really, I find for me, the more I meditated, you know, the more I could feel um, like other people's energy if they felt, you know, someone was feeling quite positive or if they were struggling. Um, I felt like I became more of an empath type. But then someone said, you need to sort of put a bubble around you because I was interviewing lots of people that were going through trauma. So although I had all this positive psychology, I was taking on a lot of stories as well as you say like with the negative news I was speaking to people who'd had really tough times and trying to work out how they healed themselves but take, sometimes we can take on those stories so it's almost like we need to just have that self-compassion there and to take a step back because I felt like I mean do, do you ever get to a point where people practice too much mindfulness or you you open yourself up too much is there a danger there well I think it's a brilliant point this because the first thing is to understand what compassion is because there's a lot of misinformation on the internet and stuff about, about what is, you know, it's about kindness or about love and all that stuff. From our point of view, don't want to go that position. I mean, those are ways of being compassionate, but it's not what compassion is. So compassion for us is sensitivity to suffering and self and others with a commitment to do something about it and prevent it. And that requires courage on the one hand and wisdom on the other. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you think about... <clears throat> A patient comes into hospital with a broken arm or whatever, the thing that your doctor or nurse will do is at first to be tuning into their pain to, and so on. But you don't want to stay there because then you would just, if you just stay with pain, 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 you, then you get burnt out. You get, 
your brain will be fried because it is too distressing. So you have to focus on the, what is the action, what you want to do. Now, uh, Matthew Ricardus talks about this and says, you know, that loving kindness is to touch on the pain of the other, have an empathy with the pain of the other, but then to focus on this desire that that person be free of pain and to think about how that might happen, but hold in their mind the desire for them to be free of pain. And focusing on the desire for them to be free of pain is different from focusing on the fact that they are in pain. Yeah. And these are really quite they're subtle, but they're incredibly important because if we empathically connect to people who are in pain, but we constantly fuse with them all the time, we're fusing, fusing, fusing. So they, every time we contact their pain, we just get the pain, that they in pain, we get pain, they get pain, we get pain then you're not going to last very long. So the key really is to touch the pain, to be in tune with the pain, that of course is useful, but don't stay there because then you start fusing with it. And what you, what we do is then to bring our mind into the desire for this person to be free of pain or to have their pain soften or whatever it is. And if there's something we can do or a way of talking with them or a way of being with them that's helpful to them, then we focus on the helpfulness of what we're doing. Um, so it's very, very important that sometimes people just get caught up in the stories, as you say, and that, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible, oh, this is awful, this is awful. But if you just do that, and sooner or later you will get emotionally exhausted. But if you're able to say, this is really terrible, but it is your pain, and I'm not going to fuse with you, I have to stand here as an anchor for you, or a, uh, a way of being with you that helps you, it lets you puts my hand down and pulls you out, as it were, or puts my you know metaphorically puts an arm around you to support you but you're we are different my mind is different from your mind otherwise you get these this problem of fusion which is not such a good thing really empathic fusion <laughs> it's really hard i was speaking on bbc radio this morning we're, we were just talking about some light-hearted stuff and Kay adams said you know there'll be some people saying oh this seems like you know small problems but sometimes we need to focus on things that are a bit more light-hearted just so that you don't fill your brain too much um, and it's not feeling guilty about that it's just saying well actually maybe we need a bit of comedy in our life or we need something a bit lighter to have to to tune out of of because do you think it can get addictive when we have these deep conversations with people and we we learn to share and there's all this um you know we're trying to break the stigma of mental health and really get people to talk but it's almost like a balance of having a toolkit like comedy there it's such an important point jojo look you know the there is a lot of misunderstanding about this, you know, like how can I be happy if other people are suffering and all that stuff? Well, if you can do something about it, then by all means, please do, you know. But just sitting, being miserable, but you're not doing anything, it's, it's pointless. It's a waste of time. It's self-indulgence. If you can be happy, then be happy, right? But not at the expense of other people. And it's the same if you're working in Africa and working with people who are starving. Giving them all your food so you end up dead is not very helpful. So anything you can do that will sustain your strength, sustain your enthusiasm, sustain your excitement, sustain your wisdom, anything, not in the situation, having fun with your friends, that's a great thing. There's no point in saying, oh, I can't go and have fun with my friends. I have to sit home here and just dwell on the fact that everybody's dying and, I, and I, how miserable and bad it is. That, is. that is not wisdom. That is a lack of wisdom. When I'm able to help people, I certainly will give it my full and I'll try and put myself into a position where I can be helpful to people, that's important. But it's also important I look after my mind 
so that I can be strong. You know, if I'm working with people who are starving, it's no point in me starving myself. That's not going to help, is it really? So I've got to keep my mind okay so that I can be with suffering when I need to be with suffering. But if I just dwell on suffering, 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 then I'm going to become just burnt out and then I'm no use to anybody. So the, the point that you're making is excellent. And if you can have a laugh with people and you can have joyfulness with your friends and share a joke, that's brilliant. That's really important. It doesn't, what it means is you're trying to keep your mind balanced so that when you are called on to be helpful, your mind is there. It's not exhausted and burnt out. Yeah. And it's such a problem. There's so many people on medication at the moment to uh, mood stabilizers, or perhaps they've, they've lost the balance. And I speak to a lot of people, they say they feel numb from medication. What's your thoughts on the balance between, because sometimes these medications, be it antidepressants or antipsychotics, or they can stabilize your mind if you've burnt yourself too much. But a lot of people I speak to say they put a plaster on the on the problem and in mindfulness sometimes we have to sit with things and then move on yeah that's right yeah 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 so i mean the matthew ricard is very important says very important things about this when you're being mindfulness and acceptance you know you have acceptance of what arises as it arises but that doesn't mean to say um just wallowing it right people often think oh, i just got to accept it not about loving kindness meditation uh and he talks a lot about this with tanya singer is that when you notice what is wholesome and what is unwholesome, or we could say what is helpful and what is unhelpful. So certain uh, ideas or feelings or emotions that are arising, like might be threat or rage or whatever it is, we notice them, we don't fight with them, right? We're not gonna push them away and suppress them, but we just realize that allowing this thought just to sit in the mind, is probably not that helpful. So we then bring a loving kindness orientation to it or a compassion orientation. So I begin to think about my anger at my, anxiety but from the position of holding my anxiety in a compassionate position right so that's that's um that's the key thing so then you come to the question about um medication um certainly we shouldn't be using medication to numb people or because they have become overwhelmed by the um um situation if if we can avoid it i mean for some people who have very serious depressive conditions bipolar illness and very severe conditions medication can be really really helpful but medication shouldn't be used for helping us cope with the problems of living because as you say it doesn't teach you anything it doesn't allow you to adjust it doesn't allow you to share uh, it doesn't help you share with other people and so forth so we have to be a little bit careful we have to be a little bit careful about how we use um, some of these medications as a blanket um, but it really is up to the person to discuss this in detail with their doctor, with their prescribing doctor. Uh, and if they feel that having medication or being zoned out for a while is useful, then I need to say anything about that. But, um, but we also need to see that we are all going through a pretty awful situation and being angry about it and frightened about it and grieving and crying about it is normal. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. We, ha we just haven't learned to tolerate these perfectly normal emotions because, you know, we're always being told we should be happy, happy, happy. <laughs> no, life is, life is very tough. Life is full of suffering. I use music a lot to get me out of that when I feel like wallowing or I feel like it's getting too much. You know, you, you play a song and you, you know, you bounce around and that naturally shifts your mood, I think. Yes, I think that's a brilliant point that you make because the thing is, Jojo, you are 
learning how to regulate your mind because you realize that you can go into that state of mind or that state of mind or that state of mind but is it helpful the big thing in compassion is is it helpful is it wise is it helpful does it address suffering or does it just hold on to it does it extend it right so you recognize that actually sometimes you've really got to bounce yourself out because your mind's got a bit stuck in this loop of tragedy and upset and it isn't going to be helpful to do that uh, so you then i mean i think the other point that's very which really struck me actually in the last couple of weeks um is a lot of these compassion meditations i mean they're cropping up all over the place now and they're all the same, right you know you kind of do the soothing and then you focus and people do these um, compassion meditation with these very slow voices focus on the breath you know and they're okay right but we also need to realize that compassion is an energy okay and you know for example i thought that we could you know the, the queen song we can rock you would be great wouldn't it to dance that we can help you can you imagine people dancing to a rock song we can help you and focus on this desire to be helpful and focus on the amazing helpfulness of the medical profession and all the other wonderful volunteers and will come out of their houses to help the elderly or whoever it is right and really become excited about what we're seeing, you know, excited about compassion, excited about addressing suffering. You know, people think that's bizarre, but actually, if you think about it, that's partly what we need, this real um, gearing up. I mean, it is terrific what people are doing and the sacrifices some people are making. We need to really celebrate that, not just go, <laughs> I know. I'm all in favor of soothing, but. We also need the drive system of compassion, the drive of compassion. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you, are you um, writing any more books throughout this period or? Well, we've got, as you know, we've got a, a website now, which has got a lot. I've put a lot of talks and exercises on the website, taking people right through a compassion training program. It's all free. Anybody can do it. Um, and yes, we are writing books. We've got a big, there are a couple of therapy books that we're working on. So. Yeah, we're, we are doing bits and pieces for sure. Of all your 20 books, what would you say is a great one to read right now? Uh, probably Mindful Compassion, because um, that's the one that has the first part of the book is all about the psychology that we use, the science of compassion and how it links from Buddhism. And then the second half of the book is the exercises that you can follow and do. It's a little old now, it's 2013, but it's uh, because it has a, sex, a series of exercises to follow, that's probably the most useful one. Oh, that's great. I can see you've got a lot of books in the shelf behind you. Yeah, it's my, it's my, so this is my study here. Yeah, this is my study. Oh, wow. A little study here, yeah, that's it. Right there. Mm. Oh, it's fabulous. Books and guitars, I love it. Yeah, I hear those as well. <laughs> Well, so you've got the music therapy, you've got the, I, I, do you highlight when you read, do you, I, I find my, my daughter and I were reading together, it was so nice yesterday, and she started copying me, so when I'm reading a book, I, I highlight certain parts that are, you know, that, that really resonate with me, or I think I want to remember that, and I know she started highlighting her books, her favourite parts. Are you a book highlighter yourself? Well, this is embarrassing. Because yes, I put notes in the margins, actually, that's what I do. And I, 
<laughs> put the books away on the shelf and then a couple of years later or whatever I come back and I see this book I think, oh that's interesting I haven't read that yet so I pick it up and I start reading the book and I think oh this is really interesting then I see this writing in the margin I thought who's been writing in my book <laughs> and suddenly oh my god it's me I didn't even remember writing reading it let alone writing it so yes I am I, I am I write in the margins notes to myself as a book yeah it's good. Books are just uh, what well, a library is uh, for the soul. What is it they say about? It's medicine for the, it's a hospital for the mind. That's it. That's a library is a hospital for the mind. So, uh, you know, if you are struggling, I think your books would be really, really yeah, useful yeah. for people. And it's then, also a gym. <laughs> yeah, a gym for the mind. So we've got our reading, we've got our meditation, we've got our opening up the heart space focusing on all the helpers we will help you we will we will help you yeah and like that's it that's it can you imagine that just getting that vibe right mm -hmm. uh is very very important so the compassion the slowing and the meditation that is extremely important to but the we also need the drive system people have forgotten about the drive system mm -hmm. okay yeah so keep that go that is good keep going because i've had a, a, a time not, not so long ago where i crashed and burnt because i was writing a book i was researching loads i was interviewing loads i was trying to be perfect mom and i was being really positive and then i just started to crash i wasn't sleeping because my mind was too full of the drive so now i'm at the i'm i'm going back into it but i you know i'm trying to do it at a rate that feels healthy you know because it can creep up on you so it's really important to have that drive but sometimes you can be afraid to dive back in if you've actually burnt out you know yeah, yeah that's right and that fear that's right. so i guess for me and a lot of people it's just taking it slowly isn't it yes it is yeah it is. and psychologists would say you know focus on compassion-based therapy to get you back in because I think if you're quite an excitable person and you're very passionate sometimes it can tip tip you know it can really take over your mind if you love your work yes exactly yes it can it can we need to step back so what once this is all over then what what are you going to do have you got a, a place you want to go on a holiday or what what's the first thing you're going to do when you've when when they say right guys back to back to life as we know it Oh, I think probably just go, just to have an ordinary, uh, just to remember the ordinary things that are so great, go with friends and a bottle of wine and just do ordinary things, you know, and yeah. just re remind ourselves there's so many things we love doing, but we just don't notice them most of the time. We're so used to focus on doing and doing and doing or worry, worry, worry. And yet there are so many wonderful things that we, we do that are very simple things, but, um, going out and you know people are not allowed to sunbathe in the park now or on the beaches they're simple things but they're great aren't they really so reclaiming the wonders of the small things i think will be important for me it's freedom it's that that feeling of freedom isn't it it's, yeah, it's a basic right. it, it's such a a, val, a basic value for so many of us yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, until yeah, that yeah. freedom's taken away that you yeah, yeah you yeah. really realized how much you appreciated that ability yeah, just yeah, to go for yeah. a cappuccino or a glass of wine with someone yeah, you love yeah, it's just yeah. we'll appreciate it all the more 
Anyway. Oh, that was such a nice chat with Paul. Could have chatted to him for ages. We just really soothed, soothed my mojo. And he's a Queen fan. And he thinks we should chant. We will help you. All about the NHS. Well, yeah, we need to focus on that. And we need to focus on everyone that's spreading good vibes. This podcast is to mojo you up. Oh, yeah. All over the place. We will, we will help you. We're going to help you, baby. Guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 92. Whoop whoop. 92. It's so good to have you here. And I'm sending you so much love and good vibes. And just hoping that you're really, um, that you're well. And that you are, well, if you're well enough to click on the podcast, you know that's a really good sign. Um, you're taking a bit of time out. And that you're enjoying the slower slower pace of life um not rushing about to get from here to there and if you are i'm sending you a lot of strength and good vibes too and just to encourage you to enjoy the days where you do get to slow down whatever that may be some days as we say in the podcast this week that doing nothing is enough you know um if you want to have a day where you stay in your pajamas and you don't leave the house that's cool you know, don't beat yourself up for that. Sometimes that is just enough to get you through the day. But whatever you're doing, just be kind to yourself. You know, I've started running again and it's something I found hard being on medication because I wasn't well at the start of the year. And um, a lot of you will probably know that. Um, but if you're new, yeah, I, I've i been on quite strong medication and, and getting it down slowly. Um, but some days I feel quite sedated and lacking my usual kind of fire and energy but I guess I just have to do what the doctors say and listen to them and um, put my health first you know so that that never ever ever happens again and um, and just to go easy on myself and if I you know going running is great but you know you have great runs and you have runs that are harder and you just it's like life you know you have good days bad days and that's all gravy baby so thank you so much for being here i've got a fantastic guest now you may have listened to podcast back in 2018 when i had this powerhouse on jill ritchie um she's an intuitive and healing coach you may have seen her all over instagram she's been doing all sorts she's been working with celebs she's been um working with so many people to boost that mojo and we're all about the mojo here um she also did an energy course we speak about that um we both did um with jeffrey allen um jill's a writer a speaker just an all-round great gal and uh, we said that we wanted to have a talk show one day uh, i think that'd be really good um in scotland you know we need to get more kind of well-being stuff on the radar um but no it was amazing to have jill back on just a really nice energy a really lovely episode to boost up your mojo so guys just get comfy and be all in um judge less live more um and stay happy and healthy all my love I forgot to ask Jill what song we should sing out to. Um, 
Last time she was on, we sang out to This Is Me, A Million Dreams, such a good song. I think, you know, just slowing down, laying next to the one you love. She was talking about that's what she was going to do. She got off the, the off the phone, off Zoom. Um, so let's get a bit of my favourite, my favourite, Sam Smith. Listen to him so much at the moment. I'm missing you tonight. This emptiness, this hole that I'm inside. These tears, they tell their own story. Told me not to cry when you were gone. Oh, Sam, I just love you. But the feeling's overwhelming. It's much too strong. Can I? Sam Smith, his voice is glorious. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Hope you were singing along there. I'll see you same time next week. Guys, have the best day. All my love. Mm-hmm.